Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello, and welcome to Out With Dan. Today, I'm so excited to be talking with Farhad Daddy Bajour about his book, The Other Man. There it is. Welcome, Farhad. Thank you, Dan. I'm so excited that we can finally chat, even if it's through a screen, but in person somehow. <laughs> you know? I absolutely love it. Thank you so yes. much for joining me. Thank Your you. Your book um, was a highlight of my reading last year. I learned, oh, yeah. I learned things that I felt like I met people that I didn't know before, but the similarities of the situations were very familiar. So yeah. I just enjoyed it. Is Was there one particular thing that got you to go down this road for these characters? Well, you know, honestly, Dan, when I met my agent and I said, uh, you know, this is the book that I want to write. It was the very bare bones of it was two men from different parts of the world, different ethnicities, different ages, bound by one thing, which is love. And that's all I told her. And she said, just go for it. It sounds great. And that's really the starting point of this book. Um, everything else, frankly, just came in as I went along. You know, the parents, the ex-lover, uh, all the other issues. Of course, I knew that it would be a gay book and it would deal with, you know, coming out and issues like that. But what exactly? And all of that sort of just fell into place as I went along. Uh, you know, even even the dog FUBU was, you know, something that, that came along because I love dogs, frankly. You know, I'm not a cat person. I'm a dog person. So, uh, you know, and we had a lot of this discussions about this, you know, with my agent. And she'd say like, and she would tell me, she's said, I know a lot of gay men in New York who have a lot of cats. And I'm like, I know a lot of gay men who have a lot of dogs. I don't right? like cats. Yeah. <laughs> so there'd be a little bit of a tug of war on that, cat or dog, you know. But dog. I was like, yeah, dog, dog, yeah. Dog, dog lovers. Yeah. So, so it was, so it was, it, that's how it really came about. And you know, the nice thing really, because I've written a book earlier, but I didn't have an agent at that time. And the nice thing with writing this book was I had somebody to bounce off ideas on. Um, you need that, you know, as an author, you're pretty much stuck in your head and it's just about your thoughts. And sometimes they need fleshing out. Sometimes they need sort of like um, airing out, you know. Um, and so that was really great. So we'd have lots of discussions, especially on Disha, the girl that he said to marry in the book. You know, am I getting some of her characteristics right? Because, uh, you know, it's not my world. Like I am gay and like my, I got all the gay aspects bang on, <laughs> but like, you know, when it came to the slightly more heterosexual part of it, I had to see that that, that fell into place as well, you know? Um, so there were lots of chats back and forth and stuff like that, which was great. And that's really honestly, how this book came about. And another aspect I'll tell you very quickly, Dan, was we both wanted it to be a happy love story. You know, I was tired, tired of reading books, gay novels, which just sort of a catastrophic emotionally, you know, <laughs> you're left feeling like, you know, this heap of like unhappiness by the end of it, really well written, brilliantly written, but I don't know why for years it was just unhappy stuff. You know, I really don't know why. I've never figured that out. 
one thing about romance is you do want a happy ending. I mean, that's the whole reason why it's romance. There are yeah. ways that we get to the end of a book or a romance book, whether it is through something horrific happening and the characters come back together. But it's always nice to see it when the characters are already loving people and they run, yeah. you know, you've got to have a little conflict in there. But yet yeah. at the same yeah. time, these are characters that we could love and we could root for and be excited about. And that was something that yeah. I really liked. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, yeah, tell me. Sorry, your main character, Veed, is a little older. He's not 18, he's not 16 or 25, he's a little older, which also speaks to uh, readers, different ages, because we see that it isn't all, all new romance doesn't have to be in your 20s. Exactly. And that, that really came from my angle, you know, from my side, really, because uh, I, I wouldn't be able to go down to, I wouldn't be able to write a 20 year old, you know, what we're 20, because it's a totally different world today, right? I mean, there, yeah. there's so many different things today. So that, that aging and that whole aspect really came naturally to me. And I said, it has to be. And also generally, there is always that older man, younger guy dynamic. Uh, whether in books or reality, you know what I mean? There, there is always that, that thing of the salt and pepper hair. I've heard know. of that. <laughs> I'm sure you have, Dad. Uh, you know, and, uh, and you know, the other thing is uh, in India, we're sort of, we've really been brought up uh, with the whole idea that you really love your family, you know, and I wanted it to be that however difficult things might be with the parents, at the end of the day, even those relationships are loving and nurturing and they have discussions to sort them out, uh, you know, because that is a big part part of, of India, you know, your family, like your family makes, makes it for you really, you know, in, in a certain sense. So that was really important to bring in. And, and so that's where you, you know, you root for them to work things out or understand and, and um, you, you know, I mean, honestly, like coming out is universal, right? I mean, it's it's yes. the same thing around yes. the world. Yes. But the peculiar the peculiar aspect out here in India is about arranged marriages, you know, which a lot of gay men get pushed into. Yeah, tell me. Yes. Yeah, it's and I think that there again. So you did honor the mom and dad. Dolly and Prim were just adorable, and I will go on and tell you that. My friends who read it would assume that I'm Dolly because you know it's, <laughs> I'm with Dolly. It's my way or the highway. I, oh yes, I, yeah. I love Dolly. I she was my favorite favorite character to write. Frankly, you she know, she was so fun and yeah, like, she hits a lot of stereotypes and that's okay. But the love she has for both her son and the respect she has for her ex husband. Is, yeah. is wonderful because when there is a split, it's so easy to harbor hatred and to be very angry. Bitter, and yeah. It's, it's not necessarily that Dolly's the happiest person, but she is happy. Yeah. But yeah. You, you put the two of them in situations, the mom and dad, that turned out to be loving and a blessing for their son. Yeah. Yeah, that's lovely. That's so well put, Dan, you know, and that's true. You know, Do I mean, for all said and done, Dolly is, she's got a heart of gold. Yes. You know, and she is that little showy and she likes, you know, she likes her little kitty clubs and all of that <laughs> stuff. But you know, that that is very typical out here. You know, a lot of Indian women, and I'm sure even internationally women have 
a part of the, the, that whole show and stuff like that, you know, dressing well and, you know, where you stay and all of that stuff. But she really... <laughs> <laughs> it isn't only Indian women, just so we're clear. <laughs> okay, we get that out of the way. Cancel that statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and, and I love, love writing. In fact, at times, uh, you know, it was difficult because I would somehow take her over the top and then I had to bring her down one notch lower <laughs> because she is the sort of person, you know, who could go, you know, you could go one step even higher, sort of. But yeah, I mean, and you know, honestly, Dan, she sort of binds the whole novel together. She binds the son, she binds the, the wife-to-be or the wife he's supposed to marry. Um, and she pretty much is the central figure for, for Wade, you know. Um, and that's why he, you know, it was, it was really to keep her happy that he says, yes, I'll get married, thinking yeah. I'll get out of it some way or the other, you know, <laughs> I'll say something. And then right. he just couldn't, you know, she just, she just had him at this one, you know, she just got him caught with this one. And she said, no, you know, I found the woman and you're going to go for it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and... Honestly, that is a lot, a lot of India for a lot of Indian men. And I'm, I'm speaking for, from Indian and because I'm an Indian guy, but I'm sure even for guys around the world, I mean, the mother is a very central figure. Yes. Um, many gay men, uh, for many gay men, the mother is a very strong figure in the family often. And I wanted to bring out that aspect that he was willing to, you know, sacrifice his own happiness in some sense for this, you know, which which is something that is pretty much prevalent out here where you grew up with the idea that, you know, you sort of bow down to your parents' wishes, come what may, um, till he realizes that he's found the love of his life, you know, and then it's like a quicksand situation. Right? <laughs> you know, who do I go against, you know? <laughs> well, and it's, it's another loving aspect was Disha. So here yes. comes into Veed's life someone who is so perfect, who is honestly the person the friend all of us would really benefit from having and someone who is supportive and i just i love that character because there's so much about it's almost as if she's his soulmate in a lot of ways because she loves and honors her friend and i like that a lot yeah that's so true and you know even he feels that and that's why he hates the fact that he has to lie to her he, he, he just wishes that, but you know, we've been in those situations, right? With friends, like, yes. I, I mean, when I hadn't come out and a friend of mine, a close friend of mine, uh, you know, was trying to sort of have that, have that discussion with me. And this was in the nineties when it was really tough, pretty tough to talk about gay subjects, really, you know, there was no discussion. And she just asked me, she said, are you a little bit like George Michael? <laughs> and I said, I'm completely like George Michael, you know, and so, you know, you know, so that's how, how people have discussions, you know, and that's how you break the ice sometimes, especially when you're closeted, you haven't come out and things like that. And, but in Disha's case, she, she was willing to go and, you know, go that step and say, I support you irrespective, you know, um, and she really, and the amazing thing was that she also knew she was just getting married to make her parents happy, you know. Which shows that it's it's both sides, really. It's not just men who do it. It's women, too, you know, who just say, you know what, we're going to go for it and, you know, see how that turns out. But, of course, it all turns out very different. <laughs> it does. Thankfully. It does. Yeah. Yes, thankfully. <laughs> or else I'd have thrown the book aside and not wanted to talk to you at all. <laughs> no more, Dolly. <laughs> no, you're, you're cut off. <laughs> 
so yeah. I also felt like Mumbai was a character in and of itself. I will tell you that I just ate up. I could feel the heat. I could smell the city. The food, of course, I particularly like Indian food. So for me, the different types of Indian food, some I knew, some I did not know. But I also felt like really the city itself was another character. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, Dan, this is something that I've noticed with a lot of books that are published internationally about India or Bombay or Mumbai, as it's known as, uh, which always sort of focus on either the poverty aspect or sort of the more exotic aspect, uh, you know, and I was just tired of that. I was like, Mumbai is a throbbing city. It's a 24-7 city, you know, it's got film stars staying here. It's got the who's who. It's got some of the richest men in the world. So it's a, it's a really throbbing 24-7 city. And I was like, why don't writers show that aspect of the city? You know, why do they always focus on, you know, the, the dowdier side and uh, I, I never, I've never understood that, you know, I, why, why that all, maybe it works in some cases, but I was like, I don't want to do that, you know, the, I, this is how I see my city, you know, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to honor it in this way to just show every aspect of it in a glitzy aspect, but there is a lot of glitz to it, you know, there is a lot of glamour to it. There, there is a lot of beauty. Yeah. Yes, yeah. There, there has been, and I agree with you. I find that sometimes when an author chooses a particular city, especially when I've been to, then of course I concentrate to see whether they're honoring the city or dishonoring the city, or perhaps the city doesn't matter. Perhaps it's just a location that they chose, but True. you you took a city and you gave it a love story. Yeah. And you gave the characters a love story with loving where they are in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a really important aspect. Uh, you know, a lot of the places in the book are actually in existence okay you know so toto's the garage pub does really exist you know it is a garage pub it is exactly like i've described it i mean of course places like bandra and the gateway of india and the taj taj hotel and all of that that those were actual figures because i wanted the city to come alive with the book you know um it couldn't just be a nameless hotel or it just couldn't be just you know walking down some street i wanted to give it that character like the city had to have its character too, you know, that I piece like in that. it. I yeah. like that Thank a lot. So um, I loved the dad. He was, uh, he was in some ways similar to my dad, mm -hmm. uh, not, not the wealth part, but the solidness of him. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't a character. He was sort of the opposite of Dolly in a lot of ways in the fact that he wasn't, overly talkative but you felt he was so solid and i did appreciate that because it's coming out stories or stories where uh, a romance story and has family involvement you never really know exactly how it is some parents are supportive some parents are not unfortunately yeah. we know too many people who had unsupportive parents and yeah. it is good to read stories like that but it's also great to read a story where there's positivity in a family. Family may want something. And at least with these parents, they wanted something positive. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't only, well, Dolly wanted a little bit of it for herself, but I can understand <laughs> her. I've already told I mean, you, she and I are like, we're simpatico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, they both wanted the best 
for their son, you know, in their eyes, what they felt was the best. And that's how they saw it. And in fact, the father is uh, far more progressive, actually. And I hinted at it. I didn't get into it too much, but I said that he'd gone to Oxford in the 60s. And I just gave a hint that maybe he had seen or met or, you know, had that because he was pretty, he was pretty forward, actually, mm -hmm. you know, uh, engaging somewhere that his son might be gay, but he possibly didn't want to accept it or talk about it. Um, but I think he got it, unlike Dolly, who who didn't, you know, who, just, <laughs> who, who, who was just like, sort of like, you know, it took her a while, but he got it. And yes, he is that solid figure. He is, he is the one who sort of grounds the family, you know, who keeps them together. And he, he's built that empire. And, you know, the reason I put the character in a business situation like this, a big billionaire business situation like this, is because a lot of people think that, oh, if you're rich, it's easier to come out. And that's not true no. at all. No, you know? I think exactly. sometimes it's harder. Exactly, because you're, you have so many more trappings, you know, and just like he did in the business world, it's really difficult to come out because especially if you're the boss's son, you know, uh, and I wanted that, that to be an important aspect, you know, because it's much easier in the arts or in certain fields, it is much easier, you know. Yes. But some some business, some um, professions, it is it is tougher. And that's why I put him in that where it's his father's business. So, you know, he's sort of like everyone's looking up to him in some sense. And that weighs on him even more that, you know, how am I going to, you know, go through that whole thing? And he, he knew that, I mean, in the business world, it, it is very easy to get sort of, you know, excommunicated in some yes. sense or yes. stuff like that. I mean, it's changing, right? I mean, corporates are becoming more LGBT friendly, but in small spaces, you know? <laughs> yes, they are. Fortunately, a yeah. lot of corporations are becoming. Unfortunately, a lot of corporations here in the US, June is typically gay pride month. So, you know, a lot of corporations come out um, with all this LGBTQ plus mm. items. And then on yeah. July 1st, it all goes away. Goes away. Yeah, yeah. I will not mention the department store, but I was at, <laughs> I was at one yesterday yeah. and they had a, a lot of gay pride paraphernalia, glasses, mm. cups, mugs, t-shirts, dresses, all kinds of stuff. And I looked at, I think, four items that didn't have a price tag. Everywhere mm. else in the store, everything had a definite price tag. And I'm mm. like, so are you asking uh, not that I would be, it would bother me, but are you asking only the gay people to take a coffee mug and ask someone how much it costs when every mm. other coffee mug in the entire store had a price tag on it? I'm like, why is that? Now, yeah. I think it was probably just because it was yesterday and I happened to notice it. They had a great display and I was very proud of them, but we still have a ways to go. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Dan, I mean, y'all are a far ahead still, you know, I feel here we, we only got our freedom for same-sex relationships three years ago, which has been a catalyst in some sense for change. But you, it's the same thing. You see a lot of tokenism still, you know, you see corporations like this who say we're very LGBT friendly, but then when you ask them what are their policies, they don't necessarily have any policies. Or it is just, a, you know, I, I, I know people, you know, who sort of know that it's politically correct today to be LGBT friendly. Yes. You know, so <clears throat> they're much more sort of like on your face, they'll be just more, you know, cool about it. But they're not really, they don't, they don't have an understanding of what it's about or what you go through or, um, you know, the, the intricacies really, you know, the, the difficulties, the, the sadness, the unhappiness, the things you need to deal with rather than just, you know, all the other stuff that comes out on top of it. 
So yeah, it's the same thing. There, there is a lot of tokenism, you know. In the fashion world, there's a lot of tokenism. Yes. Because yeah. inclusivity is this big buzzword now, right? I mean, around the world, <laughs> everybody wants to be inclusive. Suddenly, yes, like yes. suddenly, everybody. <laughs> well, know, I do see I'm, commercials here where I have seen um, visual, uh, whether they were gay, straight, whatever, wherever they were on the spectrum. I see a lot of inclusivity in commercials which is a very good thing, at least in my estimation, because we're we're moving the ball forward. Some of those are done for shock value, and I understand that. But when I came out in the 80s, a lot of us who came out, we did it with shock value because we knew we might have to navigate a path on our own. So we were like, you will be my friend. I'm gay, blah, blah, blah. It worked. For some people, it backfired for others. So I'm glad to see that at least in advertising, we're pushing the boundary. Because um, what was it, Section 377? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so I, in knowing I was going to chat with you, I was thinking, okay, so we've had gay marriage here in the U.S. or marriage equality for a while. But of the 50 states here in the U.S., probably half of them still have some type of law that criminalizes gay people. So in the Supreme Court, we've had this sweeping um, judgment. I don't know the right word. You know, we've had this proclamation mm. that, okay, marriage equality exists. But then, you know, if, if you get happy with a friend of yours in uh, Indiana, you could still mm. be arrested, technically. Yeah. So uh, while we're moving in the right direction, I think the whole world still has a ways to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here, we we still don't have marriage equality. I mean, that is the next step. That is the next fight that's there. But, you know, interestingly, I just recently did an interview with two couples, you know, uh, one lesbian couple and one gay couple who've been seeing each other for a long time. And one of them had gotten engaged. And I asked them this, you know, I said, because there have been a lot of petitions in the court about, um, you know, the, the, the right for marriage, you know, for same-sex couples. And I said, how important is that for you? And they were like, you know, we're not going to wait around for this piece of paper anymore. Yeah. We're going to do it as cementing our love, irrespective of if it comes through, that's great. If it doesn't, we're not waiting. I mean, we've been denied for so long. Why should we wait any longer? You know, and I thought that was interesting because we, we talk about this a lot and we say that it's, you know, we really want this to come through. And it's great if it comes through. But I don't think couples are waiting around for that. You know, they, they're just going ahead. I mean, if, if you're in love with somebody, just celebrate it and you know, do what you want to do with that. You know? Absolutely. And I think it is important. We, <laughs> If we're going to be the master of our destination as a human being, we cannot wait for someone else to say yes or no. We must move the ball forward on our own terms. True, true, definitely. I mean, you just, you have to do that. And, you know, I think even, even when 377 was around, it wasn't that, you know, gay men were not meeting up or uh, stuff like that. There weren't parties, there were. Um, but it was just that this, this one um, absurd, um, you know, um, um, act that was there from the British time. It, was, it came into force when the British ruled India. They left India a long time ago, but this was never removed. You know, <laughs> Section 377 was never removed. And it was only since a couple of years when a lot of gay activists started, you know, um, challenging it in court. And then sort of people woke up to that fact. But it's been such a catalyst for change in a lot of ways, you know, because it just, 
puts everybody on the same pedestal now you know um so i, I mean that. yeah i mean it's it and you know the amazing the amazing thing that i have to tell you is that when i wrote this book i finished it i sent it to my agent it was completely done um 377 was still in existence oh wow and yeah and so i sent it and then when it came through in september the date came through one of the first few people i called was my agent and i said you know what this is what's happened and it's a whole new india now there's going to be such a big change that's going to come about this and we have to include it in the book we have to and so we changed things you know we Good. amplified it we we made it much more important and we changed the end to accommodate it and things like that but that was so important because you know i would have hated for this book to have come out without that being part of it you know that's such an important aspect and it was and you dealt with it so lovingly and kindly you know it's it is you know these types of rules these types of legislation whether they're new or old or whatever that are oppressive when they get lifted we must celebrate that because it's so True. important it's so important yeah. so um are these characters going to come around again in another book i don't know dad i mean honestly honestly i've just not given it too much thought i would love to um i would love to you know i feel that there is space to do you know one more book with these characters but i really don't know i need to frankly sit down and you know figure things out and you know uh, look at the technicalities of it but um yeah i mean there is there is space for something more but you know right. I, you know i i'm 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 cheering for dolly she gets her own book <laughs> exactly <laughs> and i really feel that you know i feel there's so much more that you can do with dolly you know there's so much more uh and she she really is the most fun character for me you know and that's so important when you're writing you want somebody who's fun who yes. you can just sort of roll with you know in a certain Precisely. sense and yeah. and it's nice cuz you know she can be as campy as she wants and as you say you know if you can always rein her in at a later point are yeah. you working on something now do you have something in the works no you know actually no not at all because what happened with my first book dan was that I was so um sort of like walking on eggshells when it came out and I was so uh, you know concerned with this review or this what's written or having the event and just basically that once a couple of months for finished and then sort of the book moves on I realized that I hadn't enjoyed it at all like I was just so taken up with that whole so I said with this book I'm just going to sit back and enjoy every little bit of it Good. I'm not going to get hassled yeah and you develop a little bit more of a thick skin you know not that much but a little <laughs> bit more to anybody who has a problem with it you know you just you just learn to just say okay you know what opinions are opinions but i just wanted to enjoy it i was just like i'm just going to enjoy every bit and then later take a call on you know what i feel like because it came out only in october you know so it's not even been a year since then so yeah. give it some time It's delicious. It really is Farhad. I have enjoyed it greatly. So, do you have a website or social media that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, sure. I I'm always on Instagram, so that's the best, which is at the rate of Farhad JT. Uh it's the best way to reach me and I've got a lot of people actually who have actually sent in messages you know sure. a lot of gay men reached out to me uh you know somebody said I hope this book saves even one life and that would mean everything which I thought oh. was really touching yeah that and is nice. uh, 
yeah and somebody said i cried at the end of the book and all sorts of stuff so instagram <laughs> is the best yeah is the best uh, you know way to reach me of course i'm on facebook also which you can just find with my name um and i'm on on um um twitter but i'm instagram is really the best for me you know that's the best way to reach me wonderful i have had such a wonderful time chatting with you and once again the book is the other man it is so wonderful and i appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me and chat thank you dan this was a fantastic chat and i thank loved you. every minute thank you uh, thanks me a lot me too Thank okay. you for joining us with Out With Dan and see you soon. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out With Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at gooutwithdan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out with Dan.